Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. 
proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I'm going to give you all a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO, grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. Scalpel. Scalpel. Tweezers. Tweezers. Ham sandwich. Ham what? Sandwich. I was going to eat lunch when I got my oil changed earlier, but take five is so fast I didn't have time. But sir, you can't eat during surgery. Eh, one bite won't hurt. Whoops. Uh, Napkin. Napkin! At Take 5, your oil change is faster than you think. Take 5, the stay-in-your-car 10-minute oil change. This is Delk Kennedy, owner of Kennedy Broadcasting Company, operator of WKRM, historically 1340 AM, now 103.7 FM, and WKOM, 101.7 FM. We call ourselves Front Porch Radio, and I've said many times what that means. It means that we are working to connect this southern Middle Tennessee community, one listener, one relationship at a time. And let me elaborate on what that means. In this community, we will relentlessly promote jobs, commerce, business, industry, education, arts, green space, music, rivers, the great outdoors, healthcare, churches, charity, sports, and all the great people of Southern Middle Tennessee. Join us, help us, call us. Front Porch Radio, Delk Kennedy, thank you for listening. Save-A-Lot Foods serving Columbia since 1994 is celebrating their grand reopening at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard with amazing deals and you can even register for prizes. Open from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. seven days a week. Check out our weekly flyers for great deals on your favorite products. Save-A-Lot stores are 100% employee-owned and operated and proud to be local. Save-A-Lot food stores. Shop the dot. Save-A-Lot. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Show don't need no stinking intro, don't need no uh, theme music, don't need no nothing cute, because this is what we do here every day. This is what we do. This is what we do. And, and you know when you know. You know when you find a real thing. And you found the real thing today. Great Tuesday to you, no matter where you may be. Hope you're having a Dwight Gooden, wherever you are. It's an absolutely glorious, gorgeous day here in East Tennessee. Fall is falling. Down on the ground, but you're falling. Absolutely outstanding to be alive and well with you. Matt Dixon is featured over at uh, tclub.team. 
Matt, how do you do it, man? How do you do it? How do you do it, man? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure, Tom. It's, it's good. My wife asks me that all the time. Dixon, now I want to know. I want to know something from you, and I got to know it right now. Are you more excited than you were about this team coming into the season at this point? When you see this league in this moment, here we are. We're getting ready to go to the Super Conference, and this is our last year. And the commissioner himself is going to be down at the Oklahoma. Texas game this weekend, which isn't even a league game, but it's a league game now. So he's kind of flexing. And this league is like in transition this year. It's really strange. Isn't it weird how nobody's great? It's really weird, isn't it? Yeah. All all at the same time. Very just just really unique. Uh you know, you Oklahoma and Texas are kind of Maybe the two best teams, if you count them, as part of the SEC, um, especially Texas. Uh, so it's it's it is interesting and just really wide open. And I, I think it ultimately is just going to result in a lot of parity and a lot of probably five to nine win teams that you can just kind of bunch up. And depending on when you catch somebody and, and how healthy a team is, uh, you can kind of knock off anybody just about any weekend. And it's really wild. And the other thing is, this A&M team, you know, I, I get on here all the time and laugh about them because their history is truly, uh, they just figure, they find a way. There's a saying, there's a certain kind of, well, they would find a way to mess up anything. You name it, they could find a way to mess it up. So... What what do we say about A and M this year? Because I watch them here day, Matt, and I'm projecting ahead to Tennessee, and I I just think we have to really cheer for a spot here. We had a discussion about this, a robust conversation on the program yesterday. I'm going to ask Blake Topmeyer about this. Who's going to join us? Blake's going to come on SEC Insider here at about ten. He'll be with us, and then uh, Tony Sakulis, uh, who covers Alabama. Is going to be on with us to help preview the Alabama A&M games. We've got a full slate for you today and very little time to get there. Ought to be a great show. But the question becomes, what will we cheer for as Tennessee fans this weekend? And what's the answer? We've got a couple of those. We've got four future opponents playing each other on the same weekend, which doesn't happen much. How many games we have left? Seven? And we have four future opponents playing each other. All in games of consequence. Let's start with that A&M game, Matt. What's the best result in your alleged opinion? Uh, Well, it's always a great day when Alabama gets beat. And I think that that would probably A and M would be due for a letdown because I think they would have to play really well to beat Alabama. Uh, so 
you know, it, it's hard to get up two weeks in a row, especially going from playing at home to going on the road. Um, it's just a natural letdown spot. So, but I, I think A and M beating Bama would be would be the best thing. Uh, just in general, I don't, I don't know specifically Tennessee. You could probably argue it either way, but I, I, do, I think it'd be a, probably a, a good thing there too to to see the Aggies knock off the Gumps. The strangest thing about Texas A and M too is that historically, if they win that game with Alabama, they they almost assuredly won't win here. They're just going to figure it out. They'll figure out a way to lose here. Brian Hartman, what's your pump meter for the weekend? How pump are you right now? As my special needs brother Steve likes to say when I ask him, well, I'm pumped because I'm pumped. I, uh, I think that to not have a game to stress out about while you watch all these other teams go at it, it's going to be kind of nice. I I think that I'm sort of on this train that maybe maybe A&M needs to beat Bama, then they come to Knoxville kind of flat. That's right. I also think if, if they lose to Bama, they'll come here kind of deflated. So yeah. I'm sort of, I sort of go back and forth. But one thing you were talking about, to go back to what you were talking about earlier about the weird year and, and all this transition. Yep. You know, there's so many fans out there that all they can remember is having an SEC East and an SEC West division. And so they're about to see something they've never seen before next year when the divisions go away. And all they've known is having games against South Carolina, Kentucky, Florida, Georgia, Bandy, and South Carolina won't be on the schedule, which I'll be honest now, I, I said in the summer that that game, I didn't really care as much about it, but I think I'm going to kind of miss it now when I think about it. How old now would that you it's have gone. to be? Guys, how old would you have to be to not remember a league where there were divisions? At least 40, I would think, right? We've had divisions since 92, so that's 31 years of division play. Most people, their first real recollection of sports is eight, nine, something like that. When you really get locked into this stuff, I'd say if you're, if you're 35 to 40, you're getting ready for a new reality. If Matt, if you're Matt's age or younger, you don't remember what it was like to not have divisions. You're going to see something totally that you've never seen before. By the way, Hugh Freeze let something slip out of his mouth the other day which is that that was the final time Auburn and Georgia are going to play each other, or one of the final times. I don't know if he knows something, or if he thinks he knows something, or if he's just doing the Hugh Freeze thing, but whatever that is. You are right, Bri. And we can argue about this pod deal, which really, all that is, people get confused and think it's a division. All it is is a scheduling mechanism. So you can tell your friends that. It's not divisions. If Tennessee gets grouped with, which I think Tennessee's pot is going to be Alabama, Vanderbilt, and Kentucky, and the SEC kicked the ball down the road in 2024. They didn't want to deal with it, which is why they scheduled what they scheduled, which is they left open, left themselves open options so that if, if they wanted to, they could put Florida or Georgia in Tennessee as they – they took South Carolina's away, uh, the South Carolina game, which lets you know that's off the table. But Brian brings up a great point. If you're between 35 and 40, this is all you know. 
this is all you know, and it is going to be totally different next year in this league, for better or for worse. I think it's better because I'm tired of playing the same teams over and over again. Just like I'm tired of that stupid bowl system they have where conferences are locked into bowl games. That's why I think a 12-team playoff is better than, uh, than that stupid bowl system. That's just me, though. And by the way, we're getting ready to enter a parity era where with the transfer portal, you will see 12s beat 1s. That's going to happen. 12 seed's going to beat a 1 seed. A couple years ago, when you were hoarding all your scholarships... Well, 12 seeds won't get to play 1 seeds first. That's what I'm saying. They'll have to play a 4 seed to get there. That's what I'm saying. Or 5 seed. But eventually, they're going to beat a 4 or 5 or or 5 seed, and then they're going to jump right in there and beat a 1. That will happen. You wouldn't have said that before, or you couldn't have said that before, but in the portal era, with quarterbacks dispersing annually, along with linemen, on both sides of the line of scrimmage, which is happening everywhere, which has eroded the power teams. It's really, it's, it has really hurt Alabama's deal. It's really hurt them. Really hurt them. So... And they're not alone. Look at that South Carolina team. That portal destroyed them year over year. Just ripped their team apart. Which Bino had a great point yesterday, Matt. If you're a Carolina fan and you're you're looking at your season right now, you're saying to yourself, why did all our players leave? Do we have a culture problem here with Mr. Special Teams? Is he special, Matt? What's going on? Is Mr. Special Teams special? How could they lose all those players, Dixon? They they could just be behind NIL-wise. Um, I mean, if you look at the, the schools that they lost those guys to, you know, Marshawn Lloyd went to USC, uh, Jaheim Bell went to Florida State. Uh, like they lost they lost players to better programs. Um, I, NIL probably plays a, a part in it, so... I'm not. I don't know any. I don't know the inside, but that that's a roster that has very few high end SEC players. But they have them at quarterback, and they have it at receiver. Although it's a homegrown guy that kind of exploded this year. But yep. they just. I mean they they don't have they just don't have an SEC roster. Nope. Which to have that quarterback and not have that has to be frustrating for them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I'm not trying to pick on Milton because I'm not. Well, because it makes you is. it makes you wonder how how they got Rattler there in the first place if all those other guys left. Take that guy, take Rattler, and put him on Tennessee's roster and get back to me. Take Rattler, put him on Alabama's roster and get back to me. Take Rattler and put him on Georgia's roster and get back to me. Take Rattler and put him on Florida's roster and get back to me. Because he literally is on a team that has about, what do you think, Matt? SEC level, decent level SEC caliber players. Out of their starting 22, they go. What would you think that number is? Seven or eight players, maybe? That offensive line is random. Yeah. That's random. Yeah, maybe. They're they're bad defensively in just about every category as well. Can't tackle at all. I mean, Tennessee was gashing. Tennessee ran the ball much better on them than they did Austin P. Much better. Much better. It wasn't even close. 
and, and that's as good as Tennessee's ends have looked all year. Now both those both those offensive tackles, it was lookout city. I mean, Daniel Jones wants his gimmick back. Did you guys see he got sacked ten times last you night? Know, yeah, poor Jalen Hyatt. But I want to know how many of those Austin P kids could play in the SEC. N- none. But maybe a bunch of them at South Carolina. Maybe some at Vanderbilt. I mean, geez Louise. Well, the running backs from that D2 school down there. It's a good point. And he ran for a T. I, I, I guess there's a lot of parity in football, which is what you see annually. So none is not a none's not a suitable answer. There's probably some guys, Bri. No question about it. And those kids came in here and competed hard, which I love about sport. Spote is a spote. We continue. Blake Topmeyer joins. We'll get some calls in. We'll, we'll break it down scientifically with you as we go tonight. This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. Alert, alert! Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram has a huge announcement. We're expanding our service center to get you in and out quicker than ever. That's right, five new service bays to get your vehicle back on the road. Don't drive a Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, or Ram. It doesn't matter. Our certified technicians are trained to work on all makes or models. More service, less time. Only at Columbia Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram. Family owned and operated. You can count on us. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Barrett's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Barrett and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood, along with the award-winning service and advice Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. 
Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big. No tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113. Or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. Hi, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. When you think of diamonds, what do you think of? Rare, precious, timeless, sparkles like the sun. They are timeless and nothing like them on earth. Then do you think, where do I buy local to buy the perfect ring? Maybe a diamond pendant or earrings or maybe a new diamond band. Look no further. Tillis Jewelry carries all your diamond and jewelry needs. Stop by and see our wonderful collection. And remember, if you don't know your diamonds, know your jeweler. Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia. I got our favorite grocer on the line, Miles Johnson. How are you doing today? Well, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, buddy. It's a nice day out there. It's not too hot, but uh, I know the deals are hot at Foodland. Oh, yeah, they're great here at Foodland. The one that runs all through the week includes T-bone steaks, four ninety nine a pound, whole boneless pork loins, two thirty nine a pound, iceberg lettuce, two for three, Heinz ketchup, two for six, Heinz mustard, two for five. Wow, great deals right there. Again, you guys are located right there in West 7th. You're open seven days a week, 7 a.m. till 9 p.m. Very convenient, very easy in, easy out. Uh, Miles, thank you as always. Uh, you got some great deals. I tell you, I hope people take advantage of them because they're well worth it. So you guys have a great weekend and uh, we'll talk to you next week, okay? All righty, thank you. Thank you, Miles. All right, that was Miles Johnson from Foodland. Go check them out. Located right near the post office on West 7th Street. Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. And that Twitter Spaces thing is a great way to hear the program because you can hear us. Like you could hear me talking to Blake during our uh, time out there as Blake Topmeyer now joins. And Blake, a guy who really does uh, a wonderful job and... Whether it's his podcast that he does with John Adams, uh, the writing that you read uh, in Knoxville News Sentinel and across various platforms as well, SEC columnist for the USA Today Network, and you see his stuff there as well. He's always thought-provoking. He brings it long and strong. Blake Topmeyer, welcome back to the Tony Basilio Show. Hope all's well, brother. Yeah, nobody nobody can do a guest intro like you, Tony. That's why I come on here once every few just weeks. Just to hear it, just, just to just hear a it, man. Bit of an ego boost. There yeah. you go, there you go. Well, I, I mean everything I say, but man, let's talk about this thing. We were talking about the SEC a second ago, and being a Tennessee fan is a really confusing existence right now because, in one sense, you feel really good about your football team because you beat up on South Carolina. Which you have to beat these teams. You got to beat up on them. And in one sense, you feel really good about your club because you beat those guys up. And then by the same token, you and I were talking off the air. I'm coining it this way that Kentucky Florida thing, Tennessee's got to lose now to Florida twice annually. Twice. They, they lose to, it, twice in September, basically. That's what that was on Saturday. I mean, ha, ha, what else can we take away from that as Tennessee fans? Yeah, I, I think that's exactly right. I was uh, 
was covering a night game last week, so I'm sitting there uh, at at, uh, at lunch watching Kentucky just dismantle Florida. Uh, I mean, just humiliated the Gators. And I thought, how in the world did Tennessee lose to this Florida team? And and not just lose, but lost unequivocally. You know, I mean, we talk about sometimes about how trips down into the swamp. You know, stuff can go a little a little wonky. Felipe Franks can hit you with a 60-yard bomb at the buzzer. Or, you know, Butch Jones can squander a two-score lead in the last five minutes of the game. Stuff like that. But, like, that's not how Tennessee lost this year in Gainesville. They just got whooped. Um, and, and as I'm watching Florida, uh, you know, not, not even show up in Lexington, yeah, that was, that was my thought was uh, how bad must Tennessee be if they lost to this Florida team, but that's how quickly, that's how quickly things can change on a fall Saturday, right? By noon, you're thinking, you know, my gosh, that, that loss to Florida looks even more alarming. And then by 10 o'clock, uh, you're thinking, oh, Tennessee, their offense is, their offense is clicking with Cooper Mays back. All is right in the world. Um, you know, that's a typical fall Saturday in the SEC this year. So, um, uh, yeah, I mean, Tennessee's only let Florida beat them once. It, 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 there was no hangover from that game, and yet I'm sure as a fan uh, watching Kentucky do what they did to Florida, it, it did have to feel uh, pretty bitter. But as I said, by the end of the night, then it's feeling sweet, and, and I'm sure uh, Tennessee fans uh, got their pep back in their step uh, after after baking the Gamecocks. So it's funny, right? I'm, I'm looking at the media accounts of, Billy Napier's press conference yesterday. You talk about the seesaw existence of a Tennessee fan. Florida fans were thinking a couple of weeks ago, man, this coach, he 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 held serve in this series. He beat the Vols. He beat them up. We're going to go to Lexington. There's no way up there at Kentucky they're going to we're going to break that skid and and at least get back and have a respectable season. He tells the media yesterday, Blake, at least four times. You guys were not asking me these types of questions after the Tennessee game. Now, look, I'm not going to be presumptive here. That's not a good sign when a coach starts saying that to his home media. Not a good sign for the way he's handling things. Yeah, I mean, he's got to realize this is life in the fast lane, right? You you get judged by results. And, you know, is it always fair that uh, you get praised after the wins and criticized after losses? I don't. I don't know whether that's fair, but if, if you want fair, uh, you know, buy, buy a cow and, and show up to the County 4-H uh, competition, and, and then you've got yourself a fair. Um, so <laughs> there's no fair in college football, right? Like, if you want to work in the, in the pressure cooker um, and, and drive in the fast lane, uh, well, you can expect to be criticized when you, uh, when, when you lose by three scores to Kentucky, and, and really... Uh, for long stretches of that game, it felt like K- Kentucky could just name whatever score they wanted, right? I mean, Bray Davis is out there running around like a Heisman contender. <laughs> but for all the hype of, of De- Devin Leary in the preseason, and I contributed to that, I, I thought Devin Leary was going to be a really good quarterback for Kentucky, and he's fine. I mean, he played fine on Saturday, but he didn't really have all that much to do with that outcome. Like, it was just hand the ball to Ray Davis and watch him run past the Gators. Uh, it, it was the Utah game all over again. And then, you know, I talked about what a roller coaster of emotions 
Saturday must have been for, for Tennessee fans. How about Florida fans? Uh, Friday night, you have to look, you have to watch Utah, the team that beat you in week one. Uh, I mean, they were, they were completely inept, uh, in, in a Friday night loss to lose Oregon State. Utah could do nothing. Um, and then, so you, so you see that and you think, boy, Utah embarrassed us. They can't do anything against Oregon State. Um, and it sinks in that you lost to uh, kind of an average Utah team in reality uh, with their backup quarterback without Cam Rising, uh, and then you watch your team, uh, you know, get get destroyed by Kentucky. It's it's the new reality now for Florida fans is that uh, Kentucky's passed them by. Uh, doesn't mean that they can't get back in front. I'm not saying this is a permanent situation, um, but that's that's kind of the cold Tuesday morning truth here. When you've lost to a team four times. Uh, your last sixth out, and the most recent time out, uh, the game was over by the middle of the second quarter. There's no denying it. In this moment, Kentucky's passed him up, and you don't get to be Florida's coach for very long when you're not ahead of Kentucky. Dan Mullen found that out. Well, it's really amazing, which leads me to this, right? I don't, I've don't. i been doing this 30-some-odd 30, 30 years, which, shame on me, but... I'll tell you this, Blake. I don't remember a year like this where I go, who's great? I have no idea. Some pretty good teams. Some Like Tennessee's kind of like that. Some good teams. Georgia's upper level good, but I'm not sure they're great compared to college football right now. A couple Georgia friends that I have say to me, hey, we don't look like a playoff team. I mean, they're just being honest about it. We don't look that like we're that timber this year. Lost too many people and sort of haven't replaced them. Um, does does that Kentucky team with that running dynamic do they have an opportunity you think with uh, Georgia this weekend or are they going to get run over and hammered like they always do down there uh, I think somewhere between number one and number two I don't, I don't think we're going to go into the final minute of this game and Kentucky's got a shot into the end zone to win or something like that but I didn't think Auburn was going to do that either so who knows? I mean, that's that's the deal with Georgia this year is that uh, they might be in a lot more uh, games down to the close than, than we ever would have expected. But, um, yeah, I don't know that they're going to get run over either. It feels like, feels like uh, when a couple years ago Georgia won, uh, maybe it was last year. Maybe it was last year. Didn't Georgia beat Kentucky about 16-6? to six? Uh, It was just like this boring, paint-drying type of game. Uh, but you never, you never really thought Georgia was going to lose. It was one of the last two years. I think it was last year. Um, feels like it could be that type of, type of game. Maybe a 24-16 type of affair. Because I, I mean, I think at this point we can say Kentucky's, Kentucky's good. I don't know that they're great. Um, I don't know if this is the best team Stoops has had. I think it's probably pretty close. Uh, I think that 2008 team, I believe it was, uh, which I think it was Tennessee beat, right? They, they beat him in 18 and then yeah. lost uh, lost in 19 and uh, what is it? No, they lost in 20. Whatever. And those Jeremy Pruitt years kind of muddled together. But one of the Stoops' best team um, was the year they came into Neyland and lost, right? They were like number 12 at the time. I think they, got they got hammered. They got hammered. That's right. Yeah. Um, I think that was his best team. They were, they were for most of the part of that year, they were really good on defense. Uh, I think this team probably could rival 
that group as Duke's best team. It's still early days. Kentucky, as we know, uh, doesn't usually play much in September. This year was, was no different. You didn't get much litmus test beyond Florida. Um, great point. So we don't know entirely what, what they got. I, I think it's a pretty good Kentucky team. Is it um, beat Georgia on the road? Good. I don't think so. Kentucky's other thing is um, they got Alabama on the schedule this year. You know, Kentucky usually plays one of, if not the weakest schedule in the SEC every year. And I've contended for a while now that they need to stop doing this. Like, Mark Stoops is a good football coach. He's made Kentucky into something. Um, they don't need to be playing the weakest schedule in the conference every year. I mean, South Carolina, uh, <laughs> say what we will about them, and there's plenty to say after Saturday night. South Carolina played uh, North, Carolina, North Carolina week one, and they're playing Clemson in November. Never would Kentucky uh, do that, which, by the way, neither would Tennessee. Um, but I think it's time for Kentucky to start, you know, playing a, playing something more of a real schedule because I think their program has reached that point. Uh, I mean, Stoops has done a great job there, and you, you look up, and he's sitting here in year 11. He's the second longest tenured SEC coach. And every, it's kind of funny, I gotta laugh. Every, every time, like, a name brand job opens up, you see Stoops' name on the hot board. Um, and, and I've seen him, his name on a couple of hot boards from legitimate media outlets for the Michigan State job. And I think, why in the world would Mark Stoops leave what he's turned into the cushiest job in America? Like, he gets paid $9 million a year. He's under contract through 2030. Um, and it's a mutually beneficial relationship. I'm not. Uh, I'm not turning up my nose at that. Kentucky should give Stoops as long of a contract as he wants. Um, but it's like, why would he leave that to go step into the situation at Michigan State? Come on. He's, he's rooted in there at Kentucky, shy of maybe Iowa calling him home. What's best for Tennessee this weekend? A&M winning or Alabama winning? Tennessee has A&M next week. They have Alabama uh, right after that. So, again, get, get a rare opportunity to get a look at your next two opponents. Um, maybe A&M winning just because if I were to think which of these teams right now does Tennessee have a better chance of beating, uh, I think a and is better than Alabama. I don't know if that will show up. It might be famous last words here. Um, I think A&M is better than Alabama. But the team that I would say Tennessee has the better chance would be nonetheless A&M just simply because of the location of the games, right? I mean, <laughs> Neyland Stadium on Saturday once again proved that, at least in the Josh Heupel era, it wasn't always like this, but the Josh Heupel era, that can be a place that nobody wants to come into and, and try to try to get a win, certainly not this ragged bunch that South Carolina has this year. Um, but... Yeah, so I think I think Tennessee may, maybe has a better chance of beating A and M than Alabama. So I think you probably want A and M to beat beat Bama, get a boost in the in the rankings coming in coming into that game at Neyland, be you know high on the hog, feeling good about themselves, um, and and vulnerable to the Vols. I think that's probably the best case scenario uh, for for Tennessee because you know Alabama. I can't imagine you're going to catch them napping, <laughs> napping regardless of what happens. Like, uh, you know, if, if Nick Saban's got any skills left at all as a motivator, which I think he still's probably got one or two in the 
two in the bag, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, he's going to have Alabama up to play Tennessee after losing to Tennessee for the first time, you know, in his tenure. Washington fans stormed the field. Uh, Jermaine Burton was evidently terrified in that situation. Um, <laughs> you know, he's, he's going to have those guys up for that revenge game, I have to think, regardless of what happens these next few weeks. So maybe if A&M gets a win, they get yeah. the ratings boost, they're feeling pretty good about themselves, and then they become vulnerable and kneeling. I was telling these guys, you know, A&M's history is you almost cheer for them to win here because they they don't handle spots well at all historically. We were looking the other day. We I didn't realize this. Like I guess we did. We talked about it back in the summer because I think A&M is the is the living definition of popcorn flatulence. When you compare who they are and who you think they are to who they are, you know they haven't won a division. They've been in a division deal for whatever, uh, for forever, a Big 12 player now uh, as a member of the SEC. They have won a division since 1998. That is hard to comprehend, really hard to do. I mean, if you think yeah. about it. And this is something I point out to different fans in the SEC sometimes, is they say, oh, look how tough the SEC's been on A&M. Um, in reality... SEC hasn't been tough on A&M. This is just what A&M's been. If you look at A&M's record uh, in the in the SEC as compared to the duration of time they were in the Big 12, they actually, on average, have performed better in the SEC than they did in the Big 12. Because this, you know, this was kind of their story in the Big 12, as you were alluding to for a long time too, right? Like something might be expected of them and. And then uh, nothing, nothing happened. Maybe they'd go eight and four, and in their good years. Uh, but for the most part, they were they were an also ran, and that's the way it's been in the SEC too. And I, I, I've made a point. Oh, maybe this is a victim of the moment, but I think this is the the biggest game, biggest moment in Jimbo Fisher's tenure at A and M. Because if we think about it, yeah, he, he beat Saban two years ago. But a and season was, was kind of already toast by that point. They had a couple losses. Uh, they'd lost Kane King, Haynes King. They were playing with Zach Calzada. And it was a great moment for A&M in a season that was already swirling the, the drain. And then, you know, last year he had the much uh, magnified game against Saban because of the preseason comments uh, in which he called Saban a narcissistic false god, which is still one of the most <laughs> unbelievable college football moments of all time uh i mean you know and, and it's hard for something to be unbelievable in college football anymore but uh, saving or excuse me uh fisher jimbo calling saving a narcissistic false god was, was still ranked to me it's like one of the moments I, I can't believe that happened it was like a snl skit um so i mean it was a much magnified game but again by that point a&m season had already swirled the drain um so this is one like this, this game has real stakes to it, mm. right? And even mm. when we think back to 2020, A&M fans can say, like, oh, almost made the playoffs that year. That was the year they went 9-1. and one. Well, by ranking, that's true. They did almost make the playoffs. But they got steamrolled in week two of that season by Alabama. So you kind of knew unless something wonky really happened the rest of the way, unless something goofy happened, they weren't going to make the playoffs because they, they got trucked in week two. So in terms of, like, real stakes, uh, big time moment. I think this is the biggest game in, in Jimbo's tenure because if he wins, 
if A&M wins on Saturday, they come out of that game in mm-hmm. the driver's seat for the division. Mm-hmm. Uh, and given what we've seen from Georgia so far, if you're in the driver's seat to get to Atlanta and you can keep winning and get there, you've given yourself a chance to, to, to get in the playoffs. Now, I know yeah, they have that loss on, to Miami lingering around there. But if you're on the table, uh, I think you're in the playoffs. And, and so th- this game would change you know, how we look at the rest of, of A&M's season um, if, if they were to win on Saturday. If they lose, then they're headed for another also-ran type of year. By your heaven, you say his name, the great Blake Topmeyer, SEC columnist, USA Today Network, breaking it down scientifically. You, um, speaking of false gods in the college football world, which that is um, that is hilarious, the way these guys all want to be treated and see themselves. But uh, at any rate, not all of them, but most of them. Um, Lane Kiffin gets praised from coast to coast. To, he finally, finally won a game that might just qualify, might, as a signature win at year's end, though that's debatable. That LSU team, I don't know that they could defend me in space right now. What in the hell? How can LSU have all those athletes, Blake, and look like that on defense? How is that possible? And do you qualify that as a signature win, them beating this LSU team? Will that go down as a signature win at year's end? I think it'll go down as a signature win. Um, you know, does, Will it look as good in, at the end of the season as it, as it did in the moment? I don't know about that. I, I think it will still. You have to remember, like Lane's signature win before that was against Indiana in the now renamed, the since renamed Outback Bowl in the first year of his tenure. Because the year he, he he made the Sugar Bowl as good of a year as that was um, for Ole Miss, it was kind of a year where like they beat all the teams that they had a chance to beat. And they they lost to the, you know a few really good teams they played. So. Yeah, the, the signature win up to that point had had you had to go all the way back to to the win over the Hoosiers, which trying to tout a win over Indiana as your signature win a little tough to do. Um, so yeah, I, I, it's still probably the it's the best win of Lane's tenure. It, it, it may look a little bit different by the end of the season than it does now, but uh, they're they're still going to celebrate wins over LSU uh, and Ole Miss, particularly an LSU team that was hyped as much as this one. It's a good question with LSU because coming into the season, there had been real concerns, and Brian Kelly even uh, admitted the concerns in a pretty blunt assessment about LSU's secondary. Um, and so that was was sort of the, uh, the glaring deficiency coming into this. And that obviously showed up uh, on Saturday. It showed up against Florida State as well. But what was alarming to me, if you're LSU, is, the problems extended beyond the secondary. I mean, where was the supposed vaunted defensive line for LSU? Almost racked up 700 plus yards toward 55 points. LSU never sacked them once. I mean, this is, this is LSU. You should always have cornerbacks and you should always have guys who can get to the quarterback. And LSU doesn't have either of those things. Um, the linebacking core bunch of dudes that can't tackle uh harold perkins his encore to his freshman season is has been a flop so far i mean you go back every level of that lsu defense they couldn't get off blocks 
They couldn't fill space. When they were in position, um, you know, as I wrote after the game, they provided as much resistance uh, as a store mannequin. In fact, uh, I've seen store mannequins block the path uh, better than, than LSU did. In, That's a in great that game. line. So, and every level of the D was um, was picked apart by Ole Miss. And, and Ole Miss didn't do anything exotic either, and that's not critical because sometimes, you know, as a coach, it's, it's about uh, keeping it simple and doing it really fast. I think, you know, Tennessee fans know that. That, that was a lot of last season, right? They, they kind of kept their, their offense simple. They did it really fast, and they had a quarterback who could execute. I mean, that's really what Ole Miss did on Saturday. No exotic game plan, really. It was a largely simple approach. Uh, cranked up the speed ten, and you know they just they beat LSU over the head with it over and over and over, and and LSU could do nothing to stop it. It, it for all the for all the hype and and you know I guess LSU was overrated. Uh, we can say that undeniably now. Uh, although I understand why they why they were receiving a lot of preseason praise, I was contributing to it. Uh, I mean, you look at what they returned. You look at all that talent, as you said. I thought they should have been good this year. And so the fact that they're this bad on defense, yeah, it's, it's a head-scratcher, um, and it's something that I'm, I'm sure uh, may require an, an offering uh, to the buyout god <laughs> come the end of the season. Not, not, not Brian Kelly, I'm saying that. But, uh, oh, no, the coordinator's going to go, right? Yeah, the, yeah, when, yeah. when you're bringing in a guy that's 83 years old as your solution, I mean, no offense. I'm not here to make you know make, make sport of the guys. Like an, a, 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 the Jenkins guys, like an, uh, he's a legend. Yeah, I'm, and, I'm not laughing at no, that. no. It's just the con the concept yeah. of can you imagine being in the in the defensive line room and Kelly popping his head and going, "Hey, by the way, he's going to be um, looking over your shoulder now." And the guy's like, "Oh, that's going to really help." I, you know, I really appreciate that. That's. Hey, uh, Blake, on the way out here, and, and Blake Topmeyer, you got to check out his podcast that he does with John Adams. You know, Blake actually gets a word in edgewise, which is more than I can say on Thursdays, because Adams tries to drag me down with his silliness and his goofiness, and, uh, you know, and, and, and he gets fixated on, like, one thing, Blake, and he just keeps bringing it back up. Does he, does he do that with it? Because it doesn't seem like he does that with you. How do you keep him from doing that? Give me some advice here. Well, I think John knows that he needs me because if anything got, goes wrong for him, uh, you know, technology, something right. like that, he, he needs an ally in his corner to kind of help him wade through some of these waters. Uh, and, and make sure that that, uh, that paycheck comes every two weeks. So, Interesting. You know, John's very good at that. He he makes sure uh, to keep allies uh, in his camp mm-hmm. who are in position to help him. Now, if he doesn't think you're really in much position to to help him, well, John may move right on past. <laughs> it. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's your situation, Tony. Although I wouldn't think so. I mean, I think you're, you're in position to uplift john's voice a little bit but maybe he just doesn't think you uh you provide he just doesn't let us talk he, he like help. like brian he doesn't let brian get a word in edgewise matt matt will say like three or four words i mean john's just i don't know he's like mike hogging and i love the guy and all that I and mean, he's kind of my guy but hey on the way out rank the uh sec give me the top six teams in the league right now because i can't <laughs> in my brain i i can't 
figure out what's what. Just go off the top of your head. George's one. Yeah, Who you got? You, George's you, one. You're, 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 you're saving your hardest question for the, for the way out the door. Uh, George's one. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> famous last words here, too. I'm going A&M, too. A&M, okay. too. Uh, mm-hmm. Victim of the moment. A&M, two. I guess Alabama, three. Uh, Kentucky, four. Hmm. Maybe Tennessee five and LSU six. Missouri seven. Missouri's not going to like that. They're five and zero. Oh. Got them all the way down there. Seven. Uh, now at, Ole Miss has to be in there somewhere too. They, they just beat LSU. So uh, what I have? I had Alabama three, Kentucky four. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go Ole Miss five, Tennessee six, LSU seven, Missouri eight. Ole Miss. Is someone I'm forgetting? I think I, I think I got my bases covered there. I, I don't know. I'm all like, um, by the time I get around to quoting your rankings, I'll be three or four teams off. But at any rate, tell them about I, your I, po- Okay, I'll say Georgia yeah. 1, A&M 2, yes. Alabama 3, three Kentucky, four, Kentucky 4, Ole Miss, Ole Miss 5, Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee 6, with apologies to Missouri. Apologies to Missouri, yes. Coach Drink. The guy doing the game the other day, uh, the play by, I don't know who the play-by-play guy was on the Missouri game, kept referring to him as Coach Drink. And I was thinking, if this is a drinking game, and I took a shot every time this guy said drink, I would clinically not be here right now. But, Blake, tell them about your podcast, how they can find you, find you online, read your work, and much love to you, man. Thank you. Yeah, the podcast is SEC Football Unfiltered uh, and all seriousness, if people uh, could check that out, it's good stuff. It. Just give us give us give us one shot. It's good stuff. Uh, if you like it, give us a ranking or review. That, that helps us find new people. It's and good then, stuff. Yeah, and and to read my work, you can find it throughout the USA Today network. But I always suggest people start locally because uh, the Knoxville News Sentinel still does a great job uh, of promoting my work. You can always find my columns. Maybe not as front and center as John's columns over there, but you can still find them pretty easily. So, so if you start at knoxnews.com, uh, you'll be able to be able to find all my stuff there. Blake, thank you, brother. Good talking to you. Yeah, sounds good anytime. See you, Tony. Great, Blake Topmeyer. One more time. Matt, rank his SEC teams for me. What do you think? Um, yeah, Georgia won. It's really hard. It's really yeah, then hard I think there's know. a little bit of a gap there. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you, we know who's 14th. Can you be a prisoner of the moment? Can you be a prisoner of the moment and put A&M there? I mean, can you, you do know, that with a straight face? I think A&M's going to beat Alabama this weekend. I, I think we, we can we can put the bottom three. You can, you can rank well, that pretty easily. I'm, I'm talking about the top. See, the problem with the the weird thing about the league this year, Brian – is usually there's about three or four teams that are better than everybody else. And this year, like, we can put A&M, two, and I think Tennessee can get A&M next week. Literally the 10th best team in the SEC could beat the best team in the SEC. It's crazy this year how close <laughs> I, the I think is. South Carolina and Mississippi State Bandy are sort of at the bottom. Yes. And 11 through one, you just don't know. You could throw those into a ringer and just shake them up for a while. 
What do you think, Matt? Who's two? I, I tell you what. Think about that. You think about that. 865-200-5402. We'll get some calls in. Hold your calls, though. Because uh, Tony Sukan... Hey, how do I say his name, Bri? I always mess it up. Soculus. It's Soculus. Yeah, Soculus. Nice Greek boy. Yeah. Nice Greek boy. I bet he makes... Uh, yes. I bet he makes... Uh, Mean meatball sub. The Greeks can really cook. So we continue after this. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons and we run his dealership and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, this is Steve, the garbage man. Y'all have heard me talk in the past about Packer, our mascot dog. Well, I have some sad news about Packer. She recently crossed over the Rainbow Bridge to join our other beloved pets of the past. Packer lived out her final days on our farm in Water Valley. She had a great 14 years of life after being rescued by Don from being thrown away as a pup in someone's garbage. Rest in peace, Packer. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. 
My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, memsmodernlandscape.com. That's memsmodernlandscape.com. And check out what we have to offer. Thanks. Don't put off getting your oil changed, Columbia. Take 5 is faster than you think. There's no appointment needed and no waiting room. Yep, you heard that correctly. Take 5 is so fast, you don't even have to get out of your car. Visit their newest location at 1203 South James Campbell Boulevard and take advantage of their $15 off grand opening special. That's right, $15 off any oil change, Columbia. Take 5, the stay-in-your-car 10-minute oil change. They're faster than you think. Built to win. Ball game, Alabama wins. Built for championships. Heading for the pylon, get the race, wins the race, touchdown Alabama. Built by Bama. The Crimson Tide play here. Join us Saturday as the Crimson Tide take on Texas A&M at Kyle Field. Our coverage begins at 1130 on your home for Alabama football. The Crimson Tide Sports Network from Learfield. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. TB back with you. 865-200-5402. The numero uno, numero uno, numero dos. Let me keep it legal here. One segunda. So we're going to go to the phones. Matt, have you thought about it? You're five in the league. You're toppy five. What yeah, are, I think I think we got obviously Georgia, Georgia won. Um, I'm gonna I hesitate to do it, but I'll I'm gonna put Alabama two. Um, but I think they get beat this weekend, which tells me all you need to know about my rankings. All right. Um, I guess A and M three. Oh man. Um. LSU four and oh maybe Ole Miss five. I don't know. You know who Matt's not going to give any credit to? Brian Hartman, which I love about him. There will be consistency in Matt. Missouri. Oh, there's no Missouri's name is not coming out of his mouth. Missouri could run through the freaking schedule, Brian. Missouri or Kentucky and Kentucky, they would be. He'd have them seven, six and seven if they ran through the whole schedule. Brian Hartman, your top five in the SEC right now. Georgia one. Who you got? Who's two? Um. It's really hard. I'll go with I'll I'll go with Texas A and M as two. I'll take um, I'll take Bama as three. Mm-hmm. I'll go with I'll go with Ella, with Ole Miss and, and and I'll go with Tennessee at five. All right, fair enough. Yeah, here's the here's the the bottom line for the Kentucky listener listening to us. I respect you. And I respect what you've done. You got a nice little program, but you got to beat you got to beat me in the middle of the squared circle for me to really respect you and give you your props, as Jordan Howe likes to say. Hey, uh, hey! I'm hoping to go and get a Super Bowl championship T-shirt over at Alumni Hall later. Do you think they'll have me 
hooked up there. Let me call over there. Uh, let me call Beth and see if, uh, you know, that would be a funny thing to print. If they could have turned those things around on short notice, that would be a funny little game day shirt. I'm going to Disney World with the final score there. I thought that was great of Tennessee's official Twitter account to have fun with that and lean into that and kind of make fun of Spencer Rattler, who miss you know said an unfortunate thing. He could still play for me any day of the week. And by the way, Matt, I'm going to ask you later on: Are you buying? This Kamal Haddon pro football focus spin that our fans are putting out there on, uh, we had a young guy call in yesterday and quote that pro football focus, hocus focus stuff to me, which I just don't view the same way after they, after people were making the case for Club Gitmo several years ago, being the number one quarterback in the SEC coming into a season. Are you buying it for Kamal Haddon, Matt? Uh, a little bit because it's not necessarily like grading. It's it's basically just the stats like against him. Yep. But I don't. I mean, Tennessee plays zone and so much that it's hard to kind of identify who is supposed to be guarding some guys on some plays. But but, I will, but we will. He, he's, yeah. he's Tennessee's best corner, I and mean, we we've said that. But I think by far. Yep. Um, it's just some of the antics are just. Ridiculous, but booing him pregame is exactly is just stupid. That's exactly. Just, I, I I didn't hear that. Um, exactly. I, I mean, obviously it happened, but like that's just that's just stupid. Well, don't do don't do that. I've got a link to it today over in our links on at tclub.team. Matt's got the full report today, which he did a great job on tclub.team uh, today, and I put a link in there with the deal that happened with Haddon. And my opinion is this. That's that sucks. You don't boo that kid. You don't boo that kid. First of all, it's not his fault he's still playing. I know some people like personally I wouldn't roll with a guy like that. That's just me. People that go into business for themselves can go into business for themselves elsewhere. That's just me. But I'm not gonna boo the guy. This is college sports. People say, well, it's the NIL. I mean, these are kids. These are kids. And he's got maturing you, to do. You know, it's... I mean, come on now. Be, be, I, be better than that. I sure hope that that recruits visiting didn't pick Amen. up on that. And we had a five-star kid in the house, an offensive lineman. Here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. When you're on that note, also, I'm consistent here. I don't tweet at people. People that tweet at people, and those of you that get in people's faces and social media, these players, you need your head checked. You need to go find a hobby, because that's stupid. Now, if you want to well, get on your social media account and say, hey, I agree, disagree with so-and-so, that's a different thing. When you tweet at somebody, and you're getting it, that's literally getting in somebody's face, you need to go find something else to do, if that's you. Because, and you need to look, take a long look in the mirror, that is ridiculous. So let's go back to the phones. So I can say with a straight face, I don't buy the pro football hocus-focus stuff on any of these people because I think that's a bunch of hocus-focus nonsense. That's me. The other thing is the booing in the stadium, like Matt said, there's no reason to do that. Now, if you want to boo a coach, 
you want to bill a coordinator, you want to bill a play call, whatever. You want to come on talk radio and have your say about Kamal Haddon, go for it. I'm going to have my say. Go for it. I will never boo one of those kids, and I will never. I've been professional athletes in Philadelphia. It's totally different. And, and by the way, uh, I will never tweet at one of those kids and get in their personal space. If you're doing that, you need something in your life. And you might need to find something else to do. No offense to you. So I, I hope I'm not offending you, but you are a brain donor if that's you. No offense. Not not trying to get off on that today. Let's get our first call in here. Hello and welcome. You are live on your Tuesday edition. Hi. Hey, guess who doubted my word last Sunday? Who doubted your word on Sunday? Let me guess. The clone. And guess who else? Brian Hartman. No, I'm talking to him on the phone right now, you. You know, uh, who doubted you? Who doubted your pick? Now, when they say doubted you, you mean your pick of the Titans to beat the Bengals? Yes. So, Tony doubted you, and the and clone the doubted clone you, right? Doubt, and the clone doubted me. You know, Cincinnati is just so, Burrow is so fragile right now, beat up. I just don't think he's the same. And T. Higgins has had trouble. He's got a rib issue. So the Titans look like they they look so much different when they play at home than when they play on the road. It's amazing. They don't look like they can play at all on the road, but they get home. And they always they look they look outstanding, but they scored all those points early, and then they just sort of shut it down because I guess they didn't have to do much in the second half. You absolutely well, blew them off the field, Titans, Billy. You blew them off yeah. the field. Yeah, they did. They certainly did. And, and uh, it seems like you might as well just call the Jacksonville Jaguars the London Jaguars, because they're going to be playing again in jolly old England this coming Sunday. Brian, will your loyalty go across the big pond with them? Yes or no? Well, they're they're playing two games there. One game is a home game. This game is a Buffalo Bills home game. Yes. So they only lose one game at home in their stadium to go to London. So. Hey, Brian, they're going to move there eventually, just for just between us girls. And you do know that, right? I mean, eventually they're going to move over there. Well, they're renovating their state. They're going to make their stadium look like the one in L.A., so I don't know how they could do that without and putting that new stadium in there the way they're going to rebuild it. So I don't see that happening. Yes, and Brian, if you think that uh, that your Jaguar Stadium is going to be much nicer than the Titans Stadium, you are sadly mistaken. Well, it's going to be about the same, I think. They're, yeah, they're the all, same type of stadium. So. They're going to they're, they're modeling them after what they did in L.A. And Bill, they're all uh, Bill, they're all the same. Uh, uh, Bill, they're all uh, uh, uh. Bill. I hate to tell uh, you, just like when you go to these games now, they're all playing the same music. They're all doing the same thing. So. I feel that the Titans Stadium is going to be ten times much nicer. Well, of course you would. Okay. You win. We'll see. So, about a brain donor. So, so Tony, when you ever, whenever you go to 
so Tony, I'm going to give you a little advice. When you go to Calhoun's this coming Friday, order crow. <laughs> Have a good one, buddy. Bill, you are a punk and clown, if ever there was one. Tony Sukalis is not. He happens to be the man. We're going to break this thing down scientifically with him. We're going to move right to left across your device. A man I follow in the Twittersphere. Managing editor, Tide Illustrated. Que pasa, migo. I was bragging on the Greeks a few minutes ago, T. I love the Greeks. Welcome in, brother. How you doing? Hey, how's it going, man? It's a great day to be alive and well. What a weird season Alabama's having thus far. Your thoughts? Yeah, it has been a weird season. I'm just uh, going over a few uh, players from my latest article on uh, players that we expected to do well. I had some uh, preseason hype that haven't lived up to it yet, but just in doing so, it's kind of I'm going back and looking at some of the stuff we expected from Alabama, and it's just been a different season than what I think a lot of people expected. Uh, fortunately for Alabama, it hasn't been terrible, and they're still in it, you know, despite that loss of Texas. But uh, it's been a, a lot more rocky maybe than uh, some people thought it would be. Give me some suspects here. Uh, instead of prospects, give me some suspects that haven't shown up so far for the Tide. Yeah, some of the people on my list. I mean, we saw him make a catch last week, but I expect, I mean, I had Mike Benson, the uh, Duco transfer, as uh, <laughs> number four overall in my top 40 for preseason players on Alabama's roster. Uh, and he has just a, a few catches, I think five catches for something like 65 yards over over five games, and that's not exactly what I projected. I, I, I actually, he's one of the people on my list that uh, I think is going to have a late season third. I'm not ready to give up on him yet, but, uh, you know, he's one. I think, uh, you know, you look at Justice Haynes, the, the top-rated running back in this year's class, but he's done really well in his limited time, but not necessarily broken out like we thought he would, just because I think Alabama hasn't really dipped into its depth in the backfield as much as we expected. Uh, they would do so there's a there's a few and I, I won't give away the whole the whole list but uh yeah there, there's a few that i think could actually provide some some late season breakouts and maybe kind of contribute maybe this offense can catch a little bit more fire it certainly looked a little bit better against mississippi state last weekend everybody looks better against poor mississippi state but you know the, the, the you know these are building blocks milrow is really interesting because he has a skill, a great skill, right? His running ability, uh, an elite skill. And I'm not sure how many, like Joe Milton has elite, I guess you would call arm talent. People say the ability to throw the ball uh, far downfield. If you gave me a choice in college football, I would much rather have a guy that can really run like Milrow because you can figure out ways to win games, which is essentially what uh, Nick Saban is doing right now, right, with him? I mean, they won. You said it's Mississippi State, and that's true because Mississippi State hasn't been really good. But uh, they won a game, forty to seventeen, with only throwing twelve passes. Yep. So um, I guess maybe thirteen. I think uh, Ty Simpson threw a pass uh, late. But yeah, so uh, you know, they, they don't need him to be throwing for three hundred yards, especially if he avoids turnovers like he did against Mississippi State, and then also, you know, can can do what he can do as a runner too. I mean, we saw him break off that fifty-three yard run. And, or another touchdown. Look, he can be a kind of a game manager from a, a scrambling standpoint. I think when people think game manager, they think just hand the ball off to the running back. 
you know, it's all about uh, avoiding turnovers. And if Jalen Merrill is going to give you 60, 70 yards on the ground and 150 through the air, that's not going to look really sexy on a stat sheet. But at the same time, uh, that's pretty much enough to win the games, especially especially when you look at Alabama's, uh, you know, what their defense is doing. If they, if they can get a quarterback that can consistently do that, uh, now it's not always going to be as easy to do that against, you know, maybe a Texas A&M as it was against the Mississippi State. But if he can put together that kind of stat line on a consistent basis, he won't he won't be winning any Heisman's, but he'll be doing, you know, he'll put Alabama in a championship, you know, position, I, I feel like. Well, it's a great point you make about turning the ball over because if you're going to win in this league – you cannot turn the ball over. And um, so it, it's it's an interesting point you bring up. Um, Matt Dixon, jump in here. Tony Sakalis joining. Managing editor. Tide Illustrated. Covering the Tide. Go ahead, Matt Dixon. Jump in. Yeah, just kind of what are the, the overall thoughts of, of how Alabama matches up against Texas A&M? Because I, I, I think A&M has – the best defensive line and the best set of receivers in the SEC. How, how do how does Alabama match up against them? First of all, I don't know how we're not ranking this Texas A&M team. Uh, that just baffles me. I think it should be probably a top fifteen team. You look at got one of the best. He's got the best defense in the SEC. Maybe you know competing with Alabama as, as one of the best defenses in the SEC. And then, like you said, that they've got some playmakers on offense as well. And then their only loss came to a ranked Miami. So I, I'm puzzled as to how they're not ranked for this matchup. So that's, I, I view Texas A&M as a ranked team. Um, and they have a really good shot at beating Alabama. Like you said, they've got a great defense. They're, you know, they're going to provide some pressure to Jalen Noro. I think they're going to, you know, challenge Alabama's running game. So I think you're going to need definitely a mistake-free game from Milro in terms of, you know, uh, take, you know, just eliminating interceptions and, and not but also not holding on to the ball too long too because you know as good as a decision maker he uh, as he was against mississippi state i think he had a lot of time on some occasions and then other occasions he took a sack where you know he probably should have gotten rid of or, or made one a decision quicker you know it's, it's easier uh to, to make good decisions when you have plenty of time to do so he's not going to have that against texas a&m so he'll be forced to kind of accelerate what he did against Mississippi State, and I think that could be tough on him. Um, and then you mentioned the receivers. I mean, I think Alabama's got one of the best secondaries. So, you know, I like their I, I like Alabama against Texas A&M on, like, for, you know, Texas A&M's offense and Alabama's defense. But I could definitely see this being a defensive struggle kind of game because I, I like both defenses, and, I, you know, I'm not as sure about both offenses. So um, I, I could see this kind of being a rock fight. And if it's close, being in Kyle Field, you know, look, we saw Alabama lose to an unranked team, uh, an unranked Texas A&M team the last time they went to Kyle Field. It, it really could be in a similar situation if, if they don't, if they're not careful. Really good point you bring up, Tony, about the rankings. I, I don't even look at them uh, anymore because we were just ranking our uh, top teams in the league, you know. And we're all kind of going Georgia A&M Bama, Georgia Bama A&M, uh, somewhere in that order. Hard to believe A&M could be the number two team in the league just off the top of your mind, right? And not be in the top 25. I guess that kind of speaks to the under-the-radar nature of the Southeastern Conference this year. 
Yeah, I, I just have no idea, especially because they're ranked in Miami. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, you know, it'd be one thing if they had a really ugly loss, but they've looked impressive. And now they haven't really played anybody else. Um, so this will be a good test for Texas A&M, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe they're a paper giant right now um, in terms of, you know, what they've been able to do uh, outside of the game against Miami, but... I, I'm surprised they're not ranked. I mean, definitely from a, a fear factor, you know, from an Alabama standpoint, they def, they definitely, uh, you know, they bring a lot to, to the table. So, um, yeah, for, for me, it's uh, it, it's interesting. Tony Sakalis, managing editor, Tide Illustrated, we're talking about Alabama getting you a sneak preview of the uh, CBS game this weekend. Of course, Tennessee will see uh, – a&M in the CBS game the following week and probably see Alabama in the CBS game the week after that. So, And, and, and when Tennessee plays Alabama, here's a question for you. Let's say Milrow goes down there this weekend and that defensive line really puts a pressure on him and he ball holds and they're unable to do things. And we see kind of a replay of the, uh, of the Texas game and he gets kind of overwhelmed. Um is there a chance that we could go back into the wheel of rotating quarterbacks, or do you think we're off that for the rest of the year, no matter what happens? I suppose there's a chance, but I, I think it's going to take two things. It's going to take, you know, Jalen Miller to struggle, like you said, and then I think he's really going to have to step up from what he, uh, you know, what he's been doing. You know, he hasn't really put the pressure as much on Jalen Miller as he thought he would do. You know what I'm saying? So I, I don't really know. If that's the case, I think Alabama just might be in trouble if if, if Jalen Miller struggles against Texas A&M. Uh, uh, you know, I, I don't think I wouldn't totally rule out a uh, a change in quarterback just because you know it's not like Jalen Miller has been just lights out. But I think he's improving enough. I'd be surprised if it went that direction. You know, it just it doesn't seem like that's the way it's trending at right now. Yeah, it's it's interesting how they had all that. You know. Because some say that uh, the whole Buckner thing was Saban and the offensive coordinator, and I'm going to give you the guy you want to see in a game, and he just wasn't very good. Uh, and it looked there for a second like Alabama was going to have a deal where they didn't have a quarterback at all. But, again, Milrose athletic ability, and if he can keep games in front of him, as you say, which is going to be a real challenge this weekend. What about Alabama health-wise, Tone? How are they coming into this one? From a health perspective, you said? Yes, uh-huh. Yeah, um, I think one of the big things that they'll be without, maybe it sounds like they'll be without still uh, Deontay Lawson, who's the you know, heart of the defense. Um, that That's going to be killer, I think, against Texas a and I mean, you, you want to have a guy like that. Uh, we saw Jihad Campbell step in really nicely for, for Alabama, and he tallied a, a team-high 14 stops against Mississippi State. But he missed on a few assignments, you know, and I think that led to a few big plays for Mississippi State. You saw some of the running plays they were able to do. Some of that had to do with Jahad uh, Campbell, you know, missing an assignment or, you know, being lined up wrong. So I'm not blaming everything on him, but those are the kind of growing pains you're going to get without the, you know, what I would call, you know, I think Dallas Turner's probably the biggest star on their defense, but I think Deontay uh, Lawson is probably the heart of that defense. So uh, that's going to be a big loss. Uh, against Texas A&M. They're also without uh, a backup offensive lineman in Terrence Ferguson. That won't be as killer. I mean, he did start the game against South Florida, but mm-hmm. he's more of a backup. Um, that could end up hurting Alabama if the snap it. He, he just, 
they're pretty much locked in with uh, with center Seth McLaughlin right now. There, there's not another option, uh, and they like Seth, Seth McLaughlin, but he's probably they really can't even do much. They don't have the depth around the offensive line to change anything. So um, once they get Terrence Ferguson back, then you'd have more options on the offensive line. But uh, at the moment, that, that's kind of something that's hurting them, I guess. A tone on the way out. Tell the living listener how they can read your work, find you, and uh, social media, and all that good stuff. And I appreciate your time, my friend. Yeah, no, no problem. Uh, you guys can uh, check us out at tideillustrated.com or alabama.rivals.com. We'll take it to the same, the same spot. And then uh, you can follow us at Tide Illustrated, or you can follow me personally at Tony underscore Sukalis as well. AT, good talking to you, man. Have a great one, brother. All right, you too. Special baklava for that gentleman. Matt Dixon, it's very interesting to look at Alabama right now. They're kind of like we are. They are trying to figure out ways to win games with the quarterback they have in the moment right now. Win games. And they're pretty pretty much relying on defense and a, and a very heavy run game. That's they, which, is, which gives them a, a lot smaller margin for error. Yep. But that's that's really their only path. Which sounds so kind of familiar, doesn't it? Because that's kind of what we're doing right now. Yes, but they they have a really good defense, and Tennessee's is, I guess, maybe slightly above average. That's a good point. You know, I the thing I wonder about. Milrow this weekend because I think A and M could really put him in the ringer if they can keep him contained in the pocket and don't let him run kind of the way Tennessee cap Bob Rattler from running around last weekend if they can do that which is a big ask but if anybody in this league is going to be able to do it it's A and M and if you haven't seen them trust me when I tell you this they are nasty up front, like like nasty, nasty, nasty up front. If they do that, Matt, you could have a quarterback conundrum all over again at Alabama. We could be right back in the soup going into the Tennessee game, which is another thing to cheer for. I think that's another reason why we talked this thing out this week to cheer for A&M in this game. Let's let's get Alabama back in the quarterback soup again. Quarterback alphabet soup, if you will. Could happen. Uh, I, I think Milrose, their quarterback, unless he gets hurt. Let's go to our phones. I think we saw enough of those other two guys. They can't play at all. Tony Sukalis appears on your TLD Logistics hotline, as did Blake Topmeyer. Shout out TLD Logistics, online tldlogistics.com. By the way, I've got business business to take care of today, so there will not be a uh, TLD Logistics overdrive, overtime. So just wanted to get that out there. Let's go back to our phones. want to welcome, shout out to my man, SEC Mike, uh, a.k.a. SEC Miguelin, as we call him, in Greater Espana. He's uh, in our um, room right now checking us out on Twitter Spaces, home of that SEC podcast, the highest-rated SEC pod on Apple and Spotify, 
and Michael Bratton works really, really hard at it. So prop us to him. Hear himself. Hear him call himself Miguelene. Miguelene, SEC <laughs> Miguelene. Well, we've got an we've got an Espana broadcaster now. So why not SEC Miguelene? It only stands to reason with our growing Latino population and our Latina population. Let's go back to the phones. Hello and welcome into our next call on a Tuesday. Hello, Tony B. Race fans, welcome in. This 3X. What's up, brother? Good to talk to you. Been a while. I'm like John the Baptist's father. I've been muted for a while, but I've got my voice back. I heard you, my friend. I hear you. <laughs> well, I looked at the Sagarin ratings. I used to follow it a little bit. Just curious as to how they had the SEC looking. And to that guy's point that earlier, he said, how's Texas A&M not rate, rated? They've got Texas A&M ranked 13th in the Sagarin ratings. But what's kind of interesting, I thought I'd just quickly go over the SEC team. Yeah. They, they have Alabama number one in the country, Sagarin ratings, Georgia number seven, and there's about a two-point difference between those two. So uh, Alabama's not maybe not as bad as we think, but I, I, I'm like, you know, the, the eyesight's not quite there, but. And then these next four teams, Tennessee 12, Texas and A&M 13, uh, Mississippi 15, and LSU 18, are all within two points of each other. They have basically Tennessee and Texas in a virtual tie, 86.15, 86.13. You know what? Shout out Jeff Sagrin. Basically a break-even game. You know what? Uh, that is kind of reality, isn't it? Those teams are all bunched together. Yep. You know, and Georgia's a little down, huh? I, I think that if Alabama and Georgia get there with each other this year, I think Alabama will get Georgia, personally. It's about a two-point difference on a neutral side, according mm-hmm. to that. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you get down to the next group. You've got Kentucky, Auburn, South Carolina, Arkansas within about two points of each other. Kentucky about a seven-point underdog to Tennessee if they played on a neutral side. And then after that, you got Missouri, Florida, Mississippi State, and Vanderbilt. So Missouri's not getting the love and staggering that everybody else is giving them. They've got them 11th in the SEC, Florida 12th. That's coaching malpractice how he lost to that damn Florida team. Uh, but I, I just I thought it was kind of curious. So it's like t- Tennessee, Texas A&M, Mississippi, and, and LSU are all right there between three and six. I don't know that that's coaching malpractice, and I'll tell you why. I just think without Cooper Mays, Tennessee was never going to win that game. Never. You're probably right. I you was know? there. It was damn ugly. Oh, it was uh, because when you start first and 15, yeah, first and 20 true. after a holding penalty, and it was first and 15 all night long, whether it was, you know. The defense is what concerned me, though. That, that defensive game plan was just. Well, it was dreadful. The, the decision to let that quarterback grow into that game, yeah, that Tim Banks, you talk about a not good night. He had a horrendous night that night. That was a horrendous plan against that kid. Horrendous. I agree with that. So, well, I, so pre- I thought that's odd to see. You're showing at 12. They got, they're getting some love there. They, they got him 30 in the SEC barely. But, so. Yeah, it's interesting. Got to it, play him. Got to play them, brother, and that's what this is about. This next stretch is going to be really, really telling because the truth is I know two outcomes of the last seven games. You're going to destroy that Connecticut team uh, for our Machi tailgate day, which is going to be a wonderful day. And poor Vanderbilt, why they even, well, they're check collectors at this point. Um, and, but, but other than that, 
Any of those games could go either way. Any of them. If, if Sagan's right based on these lines, then the Tennessee should be about three to three and a half, maybe four point favorite, just for, just given the home home field advantage. So we'll wait and see what the line comes out at. I don't know if it's already out or not, but I expected between three and four for the A and M game. Yep. Mm, what do you guys think? What will that number be? Matt, what do you suspect, you or Brian? I I think Tennessee will be favored by a little bit less than three. Yeah, I think you're probably on to something there, uh, 3X. If, if, if A&M beats them, it'll be a pick them. Yeah, they'll, they'll, uh, they'll do the overreaction thing, as Nashville Lee says. And by the way, they got Alabama at 92.95 and A&M at 86.13. That's a 6.82 difference. If you, if you back off four points for home field advantage, he gets it down to 2.82, and I'm seeing a two-and-a-half-point line. So it makes me think Sagarin's home to something. Well, you're my man. I appreciate you breaking that. That's called, that's called Joshy Boy breaking it down scientifically right there, moving right to left across your device and breaking it down scientifically. I'm trying to figure out how A&M is favored this week. Somebody tell me how they're favored this week over that uh, – over that Alabama bunch, you guys find that just well. They're, they're at, I think because they're at home. Yes. I think if it were in Tuscaloosa, the line would be reversed. Tuscaloosa, boy, all Titans Bill came in hot today. I had that guest up, Sakalis. I couldn't really spend ample time with Titans Bill. Titans Bill, if you come in here again with that attitude, I will skewer you, you goofball. Let's get our next call in. Hello and welcome. Hey, Tony. It's Jakar from Jacksonville. Yo, what's up, Sakai? What's up? Um, well, I don't know how true this is, but I'm looking at VolQuest. Yep. And um, it's saying that, uh, according to a, a different network or something, that Tennessee is favored by nine and a half against Texas A&M. I don't know if, I don't know if that's a mistake or is that we just doubting the team, but I... I don't, you know, I haven't seen an advance. I have not seen that advance line. Uh, nine and a half seems you know, a lot of points, Al- man. Alabama's favored, it says, here by two and a half over Texas A&M. There you go. Maybe that number so, moved. Maybe that number moved. Tennessee- but he's talking about and he's talking about an advance line, Tennessee and A&M. Well, if a and catching nine and a half points, I think I'd roll with A&M if they're uh, catching nine uh, points. All day long, all day strong. You know. I, I bet my house on that. you got to be kidding me. Yeah, but um, I really wanted to ask you, Mike. Yes, sir. When it comes to the, when it comes to the A&M game, um, what, what matches are you really concerned about? Their defensive line and our offensive line, I mean, that's a mismatch. And Tennessee's going to have to figure out a way. To help, 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 help. And if they get time to throw the football, their group of wide receivers in our secondary is a scary proposition. Dixon, how do you answer that question in terms of matchups? Looking forward to the A&M game in a week and a half. Yeah, their their defensive line I think is the best in the country. We'll, we'll give Tennessee a lot of problems, 
And then I think their receivers are really, really good. And, and even though they have a backup quarterback, I, I think their, their receivers and skill position guys will, will put some of those Kamal Hyde numbers and, and the rest of Tennessee's secondary numbers to the test. Boom. Wow. Well, I mean, like I said, I, you know, I, I give my balls a chance every time they play. But like I said, when it comes to, you know, defensive line, you know, with a quarterback we got who stands in there like a statue, that'd be, he, he ain't really no, he ain't helping himself either. No, and that's and that's why Josh Heupel made the point that your bye week's occurring at a great time because really they need to keep Milton sort of off his feet as much as they can, get his knee healed to the point where he can move around a little bit. And if you'll notice, um, when he scrambled a little bit the other night, he just doesn't have the ability to move that he had a few uh, uh, a few games ago, and you know that's. That's the bumps and bruises of playing in this league, and now you're going to get in the throes of it. You know, you're going to have two opponents coming at you with world-class speed that are not going to take it easy on you. They're just not. So you, well, you bring up a great point, Sakai. My, well, my dad was telling me, because uh, we were watching the game, and uh, it was kind of one of those things, like when he first came to Tennessee, he was expecting him to be like somewhat of a dual threat or something like that. Well, my dad was saying that, you know, he doesn't look like he has an eye for running. Like, with Dodge and Hooker, as soon as pressure, he felt pressure, he was, he was, they were quick to take off or quick to improvise and make a play. With Joe Milton, like I said, I don't want to call him like a, a dummy or something, but it just seems like he doesn't, he doesn't recognize like what, what stuff he's coming at him for. When, when he needs to run or take off, and when he does run, he doesn't know where to actually run to. He runs into somebody. He doesn't find a hole. He doesn't do that. So I don't. I don't think it's intelligence. I, I think it's instinct. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, Zakai, like some guys in in any sport know how to get open, even though they don't have great speed or aren't the greatest athletes in the world, because mm-hmm. they feel space. And I don't. I don't know how to explain. I mean, I've had coaching friends say that in some of these sports, they just feel. They know how. They just understand it. They have an innate sense of how to be in the spot and i just you know watching milton it's not people say well the smart it's not the smarts it's there's just a little tick of instinct that's not there from him and maybe that's because he hasn't played a bunch maybe that's because he's a fifth year guy that hardly even has a season's worth of starts under his belt to this point, maybe that's what it is. Maybe, maybe he grows that. I don't know. Well, I'm saying it's, 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 it's some, it's some things that I think people question his intelligence when it comes to situational things. Like, I don't know if you remember on Saturday, uh, South Carolina had, uh, they, they had offside penalty, but it was a free play. And instead of Milton, you know, throwing it deep and giving it a shot like anybody else would, he, yeah. he, he takes the ball and he, he slides down. It's, it's, I think it's things like that when people question or when the old Miss game where he ran out of bounds instead yeah, of giving I, us a shot to win the game. Again, I don't think I don't call that intelligence as much as I do instinct, because if you stop and think about it for a second, he has zero reason to run with the ball there, especially given that he knows he's hurt. He he knows his knee. Is is not a hundred percent. We all know his knees not. It's even more reason not to run with the ball there. So, 
I just think it's an instinct thing with him. I, I think he's a s- step slow, is a little bit of a ball-holding guy. The thing that really concerns me about him, and I'm, this, I'm not going to belabor this, but when you play road games, I'm just going to say it this way. When you play road games in this league and you go to Alabama, you cannot, and I mean cannot do what you did in Gainesville, you cannot do what you did twice with South Carolina the other night. And I'm not even going to elaborate on it, but you cannot do those things if you want to win games. You can't do that. Like I said, I hate to be critical of him, but when he, when you're a six-year senior and you're staring down the safety, you don't recognize the safeties right there. And, and you're doing like, I mean, questionable deal like the Florida game. I understand he got sacked, but I, I watched it again. He didn't have to throw that ball up. He could have just went down and lived to fight another day instead of just throwing the ball up for Brown. Well, you know, Watson Brown, I'll be curious to talk with him tomorrow in our Wednesday with Watson segment um, because, again, is that the hallmark of just an inexperienced guy, though he has been in a lot of quarterback rooms for a lot of years, watching a lot of film, but he just hasn't been on the field all that much. He just He's like a career backup. It's what he is, and 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 you're using him to start in a bridge year, and and I don't I don't I'm trying to be differential here. I don't know how fair it is to him to expect him to be much more than he is, or much different than he is at this point. It almost like he kind of is what he is. People thinking he was going to have some breakout star season this year. L- let's just win some games. I-, I would say to you guys and girls. So and. and Oh, you go ahead. Hey, you go ahead, man. Oh, like I said, you know, I might get out of here, but they say, um, hopefully we get right. Hopefully we can uh, we can improve during the year. Yep. Uh, like I said, all these games are winnable. We still have a chance to have a, a really good season. I'm not expecting a national championship or nothing. Or I really never did. But, you know, this is just, you know, like I said, it's one of them years. We just hope for the best, have our right, and get ready for next year to have all these young to show out. So. Kai, you're the man. Thank you, brother. Good talking to you. 865-200-5402. You guys have a thought on the Milton conversation? I mean, I I just, um, it looks to me like he just hasn't played a lot. And now he, he certainly, you know, it's weird to have a six-year guy who has that little, but he started a bunch of games, but he doesn't have much experience, which is so weird. Yeah. You say he started, he started for two different. He started for two different schools. Yeah, but he, he only he didn't he doesn't have a season's worth of starts, Bry. And he looks like it, which is weird. Yeah, but the stuff we're talking about is stuff that you would expect a a good high school quarterback to to understand and do. Like I just I just he just doesn't have a feel for the position at all, and the, just that natural instincts that Hendon Hooker had. Um, I mean, Josh Dobbs kind of had it. A lot of, I mean, all good quarterbacks have that where, I mean, you can just kind of improvise. There's no, you know, nothing. When the play breaks down, the play's over with, with Milton. I mean, there's been a time or two where he's moved it around in the pocket and, and created more time to throw, but like there's just, he doesn't extend plays, um, and doesn't create plays that, that aren't kind of on script. Which is why the A and M game is concerning from that perspective, because they're going to force him. 
they're going to force him off his line next time we see him. So they just are. That's just what they're going to do, unless our offensive line has a great day against them. I misspoke earlier. The A&M is a three-point dog in their building. Is that probably what it opened at? Is that what we talked about yesterday? Alabama was a favorite? Yeah, I I think so. I, I think that is true. Okay. I misspoke. Uh, I'm looking at Zen Sports right now, and A&M's actually catching three, which would make sense toward the computer models, and we were uh, we had the caller uh, 3X talking about the Sagarin ratings a few moments ago. Let's go back to our phones and get our next call in. Hello and welcome. You are live on our Tuesday edition. Welcome. Tony, what's going on? It's Goldbrick. Hey, Goldie, welcome in. Sorry, my voice sounds like dog water. You sound like Matt Dixon. You gave your all for Tennessee Saturday night, my brother. That I did, that I did. Well, I come in here as a uh, um, for a Joshy Boy style rip job. Am I going to get? Who's getting it? Am I going to get it today? Uh, well, I'll just put it this way, Tony. Uh, I got my my stuff to renew my baseball tickets today, which is exciting. Got a okay. good baseball team. Nice. I'm pretty pretty pumped about that. Right. I'm, I'm ready to get back over there and lose my voice and do this all again for the baseball team. What I wasn't real thrilled about was the uh, price that, that that got sent over to me. Um, we got just no, pretty normal seats, you know. So I'll just put it like this way: like the way we did it last year, did about a three three like installment payment deal of about two hundred and something dollars. So they're about six hundred. We'll just call it six sixty five, six seventy. Great value. Well, that yeah. Great value. Happy to pay it. This year, that I'm going to go from three payments of about that to five payments of about that. The Thank value maybe isn't there quite as much when it's a thousand dollars versus six hundred and fifty dollars. It's just I, I'm still doing it. I don't care. I love it. I'm here for it, but. And they I know mean, that. Are we not adding seats? Are we not doing other things where they're getting more money and then they're just getting more money and then they're just getting more money? Like, at what point in time is it? Well, like, they got to pay for the stadium renovations. Let me ask you well, this: adding Pri- more seats prior, <laughs> like the bigger- prior to Tony Vitello, that cost a lot of stuff, though. Prior to Tony Vitello, what did the season tickets cost, uh, Goldie? Okay, yeah. So, great question you asked there. I got the last two tickets of the COVID year, okay? So, that was, you know, obviously limited capacity. Right. $180 a ticket for the whole season. Now, I don't expect that. That's an insane deal. I don't expect that. Right. And and I don't mind paying a little bit more. Right. But we're talking about $400 almost more. Almost $400. And that's just me. I'm Joe Blow. I'm up here in the seats, happy to be there. I don't care. Like that's me paying. So the premium seats. The little guy. That's the, the little guy getting. Yeah. Four hundred dollars more. Like what is MVP paying? What right, is right. Uh, Jim Peters' porch going to be now? That's right. Like if my little spot's going up four hundred dollars, I'm not talking about that. I don't care, and I'm going to pay it. And but that's just <laughs> that's at the bottom of the of the line going up four hundred dollars. 
Well, I'll be curious to see and if if um, people, uh, fans listening, I, I would be curious to, if you want to send me your information, I'll keep it in confidence. I, I would I would like to see what the other plans are uh, and what, uh, what the ask is. Um, because, look, I mean, you know, the winning and all these athletic directors, their, their love language is building things, all of them. And Danny White, that's their love language. It's building things. And when you start building things, like Brian said, it's going to cost money. So you're talking about a baseball ticket, if I'm not mistaken, that, Essentially, since 2020 is tripled and doubled in price or tripled. What are we talking tripled about? Tripled in price. Tripled. Tripled in price. Yeah, that's a lot. We went from about four hundred dollars, which is I don't expect that. That was obviously just a time yeah. of that. It was just new. Yeah, the ticket was whatever it was. Sure. Last year was six seventy, which is fair. I can see even an increase of maybe a hundred or two hundred dollars or something like that. Whatever, but. Like we're talking like four hundred dollars. Like if they do that again, like they're I'm priced out. Like if they make another yeah, raise, what's they're like going that, to? I've already been yeah. I've already I've already been priced out of basketball. Yeah, I had upper level seats there that was just yeah. like whatever. Yeah, and like I, I'm not doing that again. But it's just it, nobody. Like the other thing is is like it's not like everybody's making a lot more money than they were. That's the other thing. Like, it, it's got to be, it has to be pricing other people out. I mean, I guess people can still do it, but I don't, I mean, and I'll still do it, but it's just crazy. And they know that. So, it's <clears throat> uh, it, it's kind of like Bino's old thing of these guys are crack dealers, yeah. and they know you're hooked. Well, Sad to say, uh, but say it I, is what I, it is. I just got to—I'll just say I've got a clipboard for Danny White, and I don't know where he can put it. Well, maybe we can get Joshy Boy at some point to call <laughs> in and you know do his little Mad Libs that he does on the air. It's simply Mad Libs at this point, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Goldie. Well, I appreciate you guys. Right, Thank you, brother. Time. So, baseball tickets are going up. Not a surprise. Four times. If, if that is the way that it's distributed across the board in that stadium in three seasons, that's going to be, or I guess this would be the fourth season, uh, that's going to be felt if that occurs during premium seats. Or are they just doing that for the, uh, for the get-ins? I, I don't know. I guess, we can, I guess we're going to find out. 865-200-5402. We continue. On your Tuesday, we've got about, uh, what, 10 to play, 12 to play, 13 to play, something like that. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Celebrate you with a new vehicle from Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. We have a huge selection of new vehicles waiting for you. We're talking cars, trucks, and SUVs. And if you're in the business of selling your vehicle, we've got you covered. We'll buy from you even if you don't buy from us. At Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia, we're locally owned and operated and proud to serve our community as the largest CDJR dealership in Tennessee. Find your new ride today when you visit Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. 
Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job and fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Football season is here, and that means tailgating starts now. Come see us at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard, and let us help you get your backyard game ready. We are open Monday through Friday from 7 to 7, and on Saturday from 8 to 4. Go Vols! Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. 
I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. Save-A-Lot Foods, serving Columbia since 1994, is celebrating their grand reopening at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard with amazing deals, and you can even register for prizes. Open from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. seven days a week. Check out our weekly flyers for great deals on your favorite products. Save-A-Lot stores are 100% employee-owned and operated and proud to be local. Save-A-Lot Food Stores. Shop the dot. Save-A-Lot. I got our favorite grocer on the line, Miles Johnson. How are you doing today? Well, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, buddy. It's a nice day out there. It's not too hot, but uh, I know the deals are hot at Foodland. Oh, yeah, they're great here at Foodland. The one that runs all through the week includes T-bone steaks, four ninety nine a pound, cold boneless pork loins, two thirty nine a pound, iceberg lettuce, two for three, Heinz ketchup, two for six, Heinz mustard, two for five. Wow, great deals right there. Again, you guys are located right there in West 7th. You're open seven days a week, 7 a.m. till 9 p.m. Very convenient, very easy in, easy out. Uh, Miles, thank you as always. Uh, you got some great deals. I tell you, I hope people take advantage of them because they're well worth it. So you guys have a great weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you next week, okay? All righty, thank you. Thank you, Miles. All right, that was Miles Johnson from Foodland. Go check them out. Located right near the post office on West 7th Street. Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. TB back with you, 865-200-5402. Brian and I were talking during the break in light of Goldie's call regarding those tickets. You know, these things have just turned into um, massive, 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 just massive business now. And everybody gets kind of squeezed in the process when that occurs. But we'll go back to the phones, 865-200-5402. Let's get back to our TLD Logistics phone line. Matt Dixon in here playing on part, partial voice. Brian Hartman, Tony Basilio, hello and welcome in. What's up, T? Yo, what's up, Mariano? Oh, not much, buddy. Heard you were down with Ben and the guys. Saw your boy. I saw your boy last week. I saw him. Performance Medicine. Good people. Yeah, good guy. Um, Tell me, I don't know if anybody, I haven't heard really anybody mention this or not, but our kickoff guy on the football team this year is just supreme, is he not? I mean, he kicks it in the first ten rows every every kickoff. He can hammer it. We didn't have that last year. No, he can hammer it, man. He can. He really can. I don't no. know where he came from. Or he's from Knox he's, Catholic. That uh, his father is owner of Clancy's downtown Turbyville. Those are good people, great people, in fact. Wow. And I'm happy for that kid because he can hammer it. The thing they do, Absolutely. the thing they do is they overcoach these guys, and they yeah. make him kick angularly. And if that's my right. kickoff guy, 
Mariano, I'm telling him, you kick that thing through the damn uprights every time you kick the ball. Exactly. And I mean, I was thinking, I don't know if we have a, if we get down to where we have an opportunity to have a, a guy try a 60 yarder, I, I wouldn't feel bad with him seeing the strength of his legs. Buddy, he's got a lot of leg, doesn't he? No doubt. Tony, something else too. In a couple of the fourth down situations the other night against yeah. uh, Carolina, we had we had both our freshman inside backers in there, and T. Lander really showed up even more so I thought than Carter. I mean, those guys are going to be really good. I think. Uh, uh, did you see what I saw? I, mean, I could totally saw what you saw, and they're both going to be really nice players. They like they both are. of them. They are. Uh, I, I can't help – you were talking about how good uh, A&M is up front on defense, and there's absolutely no doubt. But I did watch them play Miami. And Miami had uh, uh, Francis that we tried to recruit last year that was uh, – thought we were going to get in the end of Miami. Yeah. He's starting at right tackle against those guys. And let me tell you, he more than held his own as a true freshman. How about that? That was a, that was a tremendous miss for us. That is sickening. Because that – Absolutely a stud. So Sick. anyway, I know you're up against it. Talk to you later. Love you, Mariano. That's a veteran call from Mariano right there. He gives me like 35 seconds to play with. We're getting ready to uh, hit it for the day. There will be no TLD logistics overdrive overtime. I've got business to take care of today. I'm actually semi dressed. Matt or Brian, any final thoughts here in our final 30? And you all have been wonderful. Well, well the uh, baseball playoffs start in about a couple hours. So, I know, right? It's always a great time of the year when you oh. got football.